Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. Continuing with our World Cup Digest covering latest matches and news, today we'll be talking about the match that was played yesterday between India and Pakistan and the match that was played today between West Indies and Bangladesh. So let me welcome my co-host Ajit to talk about this. Hello, Ajit. How are you doing? Hi, Giri. I'm doing good. Uh, I had a nice, uh, you know, squash session today. So uh, it was very good. Um, I'm happy that I went to squash in spite of a bit of a pain in my big toe. But uh, I hope that will pass. Right. 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 Is it? Uh, I hope it's not serious. You're injured. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not very serious. It's all good. It's I couldn't even call it an injury. It's the sort of injury uh, air quotes uh, sportsmen carry. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So, yeah, so did you watch the match yesterday between uh, Pakistan and India at Old Trafford? Yes, man, I did. Yeah. Okay, uh, so it was quite a spectacle, right? Uh, every four years we have this occasion when India play against Pakistan and everybody tunes in. Uh, I think it must have been at least one billion people tuning in to watch this and thousands of people in the stadium as well who watch this, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of expectation from both teams as well as uh, from uh, the weather perspective. So right. we had expected some kind of uh, interruption mm-hmm. and we had even thought it would be a curtailed match. We may not even, that we would not even get uh, a full 50 over game on either side, right. um, which more or less was the case, I think, but it was still a good game. So let's uh, dig right into mm-hmm. it. Mm. Um, so Pakistan won the toss and Sarfraz had uh, no hesitation in uh, choosing to bowl first. 
right? right. Um, when asked, Virat Kohli said he would also have done the same, so he would have also preferred to bowl first. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a rain uh, on the previous day. I think on uh, Saturday it had rained almost full day, and uh, Sarfraz probably expected that there was a lot of moisture, latent moisture in the pitch, which would help right. his uh, bowlers, the seamers. Uh, and Pakistan made a couple of changes in their squad. They dropped Asif Ali, the batsman, and they brought mm-hmm. in Imad Wasim, the all-rounder, left-arm uh, spinning all-rounder. And they also dropped uh, Shahin Shah Afridi, like we had predicted. And they brought mm-hmm. in, of course, uh, this guy. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name. Uh, an additional uh, bowler, right? Shadab Khan. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So that was a good choice, I think. So two spinners on his side, one finger spinner and one finger spinner and the other one was uh, wrist. Uh, India themselves were uh, left without uh, Shikhar Dhawan, of course, still recovering from that injury. So they had to promote KL Rahul uh, Mm -hmm. to open with Rohit Sharma. And um, they had to bring in Vijay Shankar uh, for the, you know, elite number four position. Um, right. right, talk of the. I think that has been the talk of the year so far. Who is going to play at number four? And uh, Vijay Shankar, I think, was <laughs> st- uh, you know, yeah, he was at least status to uh, start at uh, number four position. Well, uh, India came out to bat. Um, mm-hmm. Pakistan bowled, especially Mohammad Amir bowled really well uh, in the initial mm-hmm. spell. I think he bowled very good uh, line and length. Um, so he contained a flow of runs on one end. Um, mm-hmm. KL Rahul took its time. I think he left a lot of deliveries outside the off stump. He played very cautiously, didn't want to gift his wicket away to uh, Amir. Mm-hmm. While on the other hand, Hassan Ali, who opened the bowling with Amir, went for a few runs. Uh, and Rohit took on the role of the aggressor here because Shikhar was not playing. I think he wanted to uh, let Rahul uh, settle down because it's, this was the first time he was opening in a World Cup and as well as uh, playing with Rohit. I think this was their first ever opening partnership in ODI cricket. Uh, mm-hmm. Rohit took on the role of the aggressor, like I said, and uh, he started scoring runs. He, in fact, scored a 34-ball 50 in this match. I think mm-hmm. that's his fastest 50 in ODI cricket. Surprising. Right. Um, and they put on a very good partnership, opening partnership of uh, 136 runs before Rahul was... Uh, I think it was more of a soft dismissal. He was caught at short cover uh, of the bowling of Wahab Riyas mm-hmm. uh, for a well-made 57 runs of 78 deliveries. Um, Rohit Sharma continued playing and uh, he was joined by Ro- Virat Kohli, the captain. And <clears throat> both of them, they put together another very good partnership of uh, 98 runs. Uh, and uh, Rohit Sharma began to open up a little more after scoring yet another century in ODI cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked like he was going to score big this time, um, but he went for. Uh, I think he even he got out trying to, uh, you know, snatch a sneaky uh, four over fine leg. He got out. He got caught out at a short fine leg uh, for 140 runs, mm-hmm. which contained 14 fours and three sixes. So very attacking innings there. Um, and uh, Hardik Pandya uh, then joined Virat Kohli. Hardik Pandya, Pandya was promoted to number four like in the previous match against Australia. Uh, so, um, uh, Pandya began to score some runs, but he was not as fluent as he was in the previous match. So, he scored 26 runs before he was dismissed by uh, Babar, uh, of the bowling of Mohamed Amir, caught by mm-hmm. Babar Azam in the deep, deep long gone. Um, and then uh, in came uh, MS Dhoni, 
he based a, he basically faced a couple of deliveries before he was caught behind for one run mm-hmm. vijay shankar and kedar jadhav um, in the end helped india reach a score of 336 runs for the loss of five wickets in 50 overs mm-hmm. uh, from bowling's perspective hasan ali from pakistan went for a lot of runs in his nine overs 84 runs and uh, although he picked up a wicket i think it was very costly wahab riyas was warned i think two times officially for running on the pitch Uh, and yet he managed to uh, get a wicket and uh, you know also went for uh, 71 runs in his 10 overs um shadab khan the leg spinner went for a few runs 9 overs 61 runs and uh, part timer shoaib malik and uh, mohammad hafiz also went for uh, a lot of runs each of them went for 11 runs in one over but the pick of the bowlers were two of them imad wasim uh, the left arm spinner he contained the flow of runs in the boring middle overs so he went for 49 runs in 10 overs while uh, Uh, Mohammad Amir continuing with his consistent run of form he picked up 3 wickets for 47 runs in his 10 overs uh, and when mm. uh, Pakistan came out to bat um, i think Bhuvaneshwar Kumar and uh, Jasprit Bumrah bowled really well in the beginning uh, did not give easy runs for them um, but then uh, Bhuvi was injured i think there was a lot of dampness in the pitch because there was a short rain uh, interruption when india were batting so the right. the ground had not dry, dried up the outfield so when he was running in he i think he sort of slipped in uh, in the foothold or something and then it caused an injury he's apparently injured he's out for a couple of matches i think so he could mm. not take any part any further part in the uh, match and uh, vijay shankar was summoned to uh, finish the over uh, i think there were a couple mm. of deliveries remaining in that over and uh, Vijay Shankar, the man with the golden arm, uh, you know, reminds me of sort of Ganguly from uh, all those years ago. With okay. his very first delivery, he picked up a wicket of uh, Imam Ul Haq uh, for seven runs. So he was trapped LBW. Um, and then Fakhar Zaman and uh, Babar Azam played very nicely. Uh, they resurrected the innings. Uh, they played very cautiously. They didn't give away their wickets. They were taking no undue risks. um and they were just starting to open up i think they had settled down very nicely and when the score was 117 runs kuldeep yadav the left arm uh, leg break bowler he produced a magical delivery um when he was when babar azam was beaten in flight and the ball spun into uh, his stumps ricocheted off to off his uh, inside edge i believe onto the stumps and that proved to be uh, the turning point in pakistan's innings i think uh, soon after that fakhar zaman was out a short fine leg caught by uh, Yuzvendra Chahal of Kuldeep Yadav again it was a very soft dismissal he was trying to sweep uh, Kuldeep and uh, got off a top edge uh, it was dismissed for 62 runs babar was out for 48 runs uh, hafiz came in uh, he looked good but uh, <laughs> hardik pandya bowled a rank leg stump delivery he was drifting down leg side uh, hafiz timed it beautifully but straight down the throat of uh, vijay shankar at uh, deep uh, backward square leg and he was out for nine runs um mm. and then safraz ahmed the captain uh, i think he tried to you know put up a fight but uh, but before that shoaib malik i think walked in he was out first ball the very next ball that pandya bowled he was uh, bowled uh, of pandya uh, i think there was extra bounce and then uh, the ball took the inside edge and then uh, struck his stumps he was out of okay. first ball um and uh, sarfaz and uh, imad tried to you know put up a fight but sarfaz was uh, dismissed by vijay shankar in his second spell i think the first delivery he bowled in his second spell again he got a wicket uh, again right. uh, tracked down uh, to his stumps uh, 
Sarfraz was out for 12 runs. And Imad uh, and Shadab Khan were beginning to, you know, they, they just started to bat together and then there was a rain delay. I think in the 35th over, Pakistan were 166 runs uh, for, uh, I believe, five wickets. Mm-hmm. Oh, six wickets, I think. And then uh, <clears throat> there was a rain delay and then the match was reduced uh, when they came out to bat again. The match was reduced to 40 overs with uh, Pakistan set a revised target of 302 runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so these two guys threw their bat around. Um, but in the end, it was not enough. I think it was a huge ask. Uh, they finished with 212 runs for six wickets with uh, Imad Wasim not out on 46 runs and uh, Shadab Khan not out on 20 runs. Uh, bowling perspective, Bowie bowled his 2.4 overs for um, eight runs without picking up a wicket. Um, Jaspreet Bumrah went for a few runs towards the end uh, after the rain delay, but uh, he went for 52 runs in his eight overs, but gold, bowled a really good initial spell. Vijay Shankar bowled magnificently well with good returns. Uh, of mm-hmm. two wickets for, his 20, uh, for, for 22 runs in uh, 5.2 overs. Uh, Hardik Pandya also picked up a couple of wickets for 44 runs in his eight overs. Kuldeep was the pick of the bowlers. He went for 32 runs and picked up two wickets in his nine overs. Yuzvendra Chahal um, bowled in tandem with uh, Kuldeep, but he went for a few runs towards the end there. So 53 runs in his uh, seven overs. Um, and uh, yeah, player of the match was Rohit Sharma for his... Um, 140 runs uh, in the Indian innings. And uh, India have beaten Pakistan in a World Cup fixture now. Um, I believe this is the seventh continuous victory they've had. So it's an enviable record uh, if you are a Pakistani fan, I think, or or an Indian fan even. Um, So, yeah, it continues. I think Pakistan continue their winless streak against India. And more importantly for them, they've lost yet another match in this World Cup. I think this is their... uh, They've won only f- one match in the last five outings, I believe. So one was re- one one was washed out. So out yes. of yeah, so it, it's not a good record. So they have a huge task ahead of them if they have if they want to qualify for the semi-final stage. Agreed. Well, a couple of points that we can discuss. One is the 3D cricket that uh, Vijay Shankar brings to the squad, right? So it was a talking point and even he was ridiculed for it, I'm sure. But he proved his worth in this match by, first of all, completing the overs that Bhuneshwar would not be able to. Or let's say filling that those up. But also taking wickets. So I think even the opposition may have underestimated him a bit. You know, So he was able to deliver by taking a, a wicket of the first ball of each of his spells. So that proved like really, really useful. So somebody, a colleague of mine was actually... At, uh, talking to me about this this morning and he actually indicated how Bhuvaneshwar Kumar had actually set let's say Imam Ulhaq up for a yeah. ball that left him right yeah. so the first ball that uh, Vijay Shankar bowled was a straight ball that was supposed to just come wicket to wicket and I think it even came in a little right yeah. so that caught Imam Ulhaq unawares and my colleague indicated that he was actually playing the ball from beside himself his head was not over the yeah. ball and as a result he missed the line of the ball, right? This is a classic yeah. way of getting out. And the other thing, well, I think there was a little bit of luck involved that given that the dismissal was given out, the review could not overturn it. On the other hand, if it was given not out, the same would have held there also. So that's one thing, right? But I so, saw three reds there. Uh, if, if even without the review, when the commentators reviewed it, I think there was three reds pitching in line uh, impact in line and it was crashing into leg stump. There was enough ball hitting the leg stump. I think it would have been uh, ah. 
I think they would have lost the review. So review. So Imamul Haq actually did the right thing by not reviewing it. To be honest. Interesting. So yeah, this is something I think I mistook then, right? But he proved his point very well, Shankar did, right? And he was not very successful with the bat. Maybe you know there were people who were talking in the middle middle of the match saying that if, for example, if Jadeja or even Jadhav or somebody else had those 15 balls, maybe they would have gotten 10 more runs or something. But in the longer you know in the longer picture or the bigger picture it didn't make any difference that you know vijay shankar could not actually convert those runs i mean it was not going to be a close match in the end so that was fine right yeah. so looking at a couple of other things if you go back to the beginning of the match i think pakistan chose to field because it was expected to be a rain truncated match right it was in the end but unfortunately for pakistan there was no rain for the first half of the day so indian innings completed without any rain delays right or there were rain delays but there was no time loss because of it right so india had already crossed 300 by the time the first rain delay occurred so as a result this was something probably unexpected a little as far as pakistan was concerned they were probably expecting showers at about like you know about 15 18th over of the indian innings as a result it would always make sense to bowl first right and you were also right when you said there was some moisture in the ground because you know it had rained all of last day so when i looked at Sarfraz's interview after the match that's what he indicated he said that because there was a lot of you know rain the previous day some of the moisture would have seeped under the covers and as a result the pitch is expected to be a bit more spicier a bit more green right so that didn't happen so a bit of uh, kudos there to the indian openers so even though they were opening for the first time together they did their work really well now if you were to look at the team composition of pakistan probably they got it a bit wrong i would not have dropped asif ali but i would have probably dropped shoaib malik as i mean as harsh as it seems on somebody who's well asan illa but uh, as far as we are concerned uh, for the team balance given that he bowled only one over pakistan could have done without that one over from him it was not a very successful on any way and probably hafiz could have bowled those overs these are once these are those you know hindsight is 20 20 sort of a points but nonetheless i thought when i looked at the squad i was a bit surprised asif ali was dropped and malik was retained because asif ali is a purer hitter of the cricket ball or a better finisher at this stage of his career let's say right so i would have i would have picked asif ali ahead of shoaib malik this is the other point mm-hmm. so when it comes to another crucial point when india started batting well there was a good chance of a run out i think rohit was um let's say reprived once when the score was 47 for no loss and uh, the throw came to the wrong end and rohit was reprieved this was a very important point in the match because at this point if rohit had been dismissed uh, he was the one that was uh, being the aggressor so uh, rahul was playing out all the good balls right so this was again something i i thought of that rahul got many of the good balls either rohit did not get as many good balls or because of the form he is in he was able to convert them into scoring shots right it looked like rahul had to let go of a lot of balls and so on so mm-hmm. rohit got the easy balls and rahul the tough ones at least it felt like that or both got equally tough balls but rohit is in a better form let's say right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so one way or the other rohit was aggressing so it was very easy and rahul played himself quietly and he made a good comeback to the opening slot right he has done this previously and he hit 100 when he played zimbabwe but this is a different ball game playing pakistan mm-hmm. in the world cup right mm-hmm. it was really good to have scored a 50 and then kohli came in and then he consolidated beautifully right yeah but, but you know when rohit got out trying a cheeky shot it's usually expected that kohli takes over and he did that to an extent with pandya and strangely dhoni got out in the 
with a small score and then kohli himself was i think he walked off thinking he had nicked a ball on which he had not like nicked it so that was uh, taking sportsmanship to a next level but it's nice to see nonetheless right walking away when you think you've nicked it but you had not nicked it it can happen but that's that's fine you know one has to also applaud this guy because uh, he may have made a difference of 5 to 8 runs in the final total but walking off he's setting a he's setting a you know a precedent he's the captain of the indian team and by doing that he's showing his opposition he holds the loss of the cricket more than this contest itself so to say that was a good good thing to see yeah. so in uh, a, not a big finish with kedar jadhav not getting enough strike and you know vijay shankar not being able to accelerate meant india were probably 20 runs short but in the end the total of 337 was anyway going to be challenging because they had already batted first and there was some rain still expected right mm. so and then a lot of credit goes to the way indian bowlers started bhuvi even though he was out after two and a half overs uh, let's say he set the platform by bowling those very restrictive lines to the left handers yeah. bhuvi is now a real pass master at bowling at uh, opening left handers and he again showed that because both the batsmen are lefties they were able to get into a good groove bhuneshwar and uh, jaspreet right and jaspreet is jaspreet there's not a lot to be said about him he's he's very nearly the finished product right and he's doing really well so then there were these two strikes by shankar but notwithstanding that i think kohli was a bit brave to keep going with kuldeep uh, sort of kuldeep and uh, chahal were starting to be milked and this meant the pakistani middle order was settling itself down really well so babar and uh, fakhar were looking comfortable at that stage the ball to take out babar was a gem i think it drifted out enough Yep. that babar had to stretch and then it came back right through the gate to bowl him it was a classic crispiness dismissal a real delight right and reminds uh, me sorry reminds me of that uh, dismissal that uh, kuldeep got you know uh, maxwell you remember dharamsala precisely. in the test precisely. match yeah. i think that was one of his uh, i think that was probably his test debut if i'm not wrong uh, against australia yeah could be i forget the match but it was uh, a magical delivery it was a similar one No, it's one of those balls as a spinner. You hope and hope and hope, and you probably bowl two or three of these in a year, right? <laughs> Where the ball drifts enough to get the batsman out of his comfort zone, be it be it yeah. on the front foot or the back foot, and then it sneaks through. So that's fantastic, right? Yeah. That was a good ball, and then of course he was also doing good when he took the other batsman out. So in this case, uh, the double strike that Kuldeep provided two in two overs were the real, you know, the real big blows. Fakhar Zaman was also dismissed. right going for a shot where he was caught at short third man if i'm not wrong so a short fine leg sorry so this was all very good but then the way mohammad hafiz was worked out by pandya was excellent so pandya also needs to be given credit because he took two wickets in two balls so both shoaib malik and hafiz were dismissed off back to back balls shoaib malik looked a bit tentative and he sort of did not get far ahead enough and as a result he played on but hafiz simply chipped a ball straight not knowing that there was a field there he thought this is an easy boundary to be had but then there was a fielder waiting there so this credit this sort of cat and mouse game was played beautifully and i think credit goes both to pandya and to kohli there so they did really well and mm-hmm. by this time i think with four wickets suddenly lost pakistan were let's say 1417 in the 24th over and picking up pace suddenly they were 5429 and match was more or less sunk Sarfraz Ahmed was then dismissed by Shankar we already discussed this but uh, in the end Imad Wasim and Shadab Khan did their best to push the total up a little but it was anyway a bridge too far i mean it was a uh, 30 runs from 100 and 
130 runs from 30 balls. So it was, it was not going to be possible, right? Mm-hmm. As a result, um, a lot of credit goes to the Indian bowlers. And of course, to perform so nervously, to make plans, practice them is one thing, but perform so nervously in uh, India-Pakistan crunch game is something else. So I would like to give a lot of credit to the Indian team here overall. Also to the batters, because without them, they, this would not have been possible. And there is a very nice article that Nagaraj Golapudi has written about uh, the Indian team that is a beast under Kohli. It's a fantastic read. I think uh, I would recommend it to all our uh, listeners, right? So that was a very, let's say, an exhaustive discussion. Uh, do you have any other points you would like to add, Giri? Um, I think we mentioned the runouts that uh, Rohit had, right? Runout chances that Pakistan missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Rohit was batting, I think one was when he was 47 not out and the other one was, I think, probably the 11th over. That was still early on, so they missed a couple of chances there. Pakistan, yeah. I think they were... They, I think the situation had probably got the better of them. I think the occasion, they were a lot of... Uh, they were a lot under pressure and probably also very nervous uh, when uh, this all this happened. Um, and I think uh, the the decision to field first uh if you look back uh, on all the matches that india have won against pakistan majority of them have all been india batting first right in in world cups i mean so in all these seven victories that india have had uh, and going back 20 years in 1999 when india won against pakistan at the same ground i think india had made 220 odd runs and even that score they were able to defend uh, at old trafford and uh, of course, the batting in this match clicked for India. India scored, made a big score. But you have right. to consider the fact that it has always been the been the Indian bowlers who have been able to either restrict Pakistan or bowl them out and win the match for uh, India. So Indian bowling has improved a lot. And I think uh, all three departments are working so well in tandem. So it was a very good team effort uh, set up by Rohit's uh, century and supported very nicely by the bowlers. Uh, and Kuldeep Yadav, amazing, a brave, uh, you know, wrist spinner uh, in this day and age, who is not afraid mm-hmm. to toss the ball up in the air above the batsman's island. And uh, yeah, I think th- this uh, credit to uh, Team India for being so uh, professional about this. I think uh, Pakistan will have to come back in four years and uh, try again. Um, of course. Yeah, but... Well. Uh, there may be some World Cup T20 encounters, but agreed in a World Cup 50-over format game, probably, yes. They still have this uh, voodoo to break, I guess. Yeah. So it, it's, it's going to happen for sure. And I only wish that the supporters and fans of the Pakistan cricket team are not so critical with their players. You know, it's just a cricket match. I'm sure it's a very important one for both sides. But, you know, they just lost to a better team on the day. Nothing more, nothing less. You can go back and forth and what they did the previous evening or what they didn't do and so on. But I think I think it's getting a bit personal there, I think. Right? So I hope people sort of cool off. And Pakistan still has four games and we really hope they perform well. And they are able to put a, put their hat into the ring for the semifinal spot. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But as far as India are concerned, having won three out of four possible matches and the fourth one being washed off, they require two more wins. So given that they have matches against Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, there is a high likelihood India are looking comfortable to clinch a semi-final spot, Giri. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they have they play their next match against Afghanistan. Uh, so right. yeah, unless Afghanistan pull a surprise there, I think uh, India should be <laughs> fine. And Afghanistan, I think they are a bit on a decline at the moment. They they don't look so good on the field. Uh, yes. So let's see. 
Well, uh, one other small talking point. Well, it looks like Kohli became the fastest batter to get to 11,000 ODI runs in the duration of this innings. So he required 57 runs when he began this innings and then he made it during this innings. So he has taken just 222 innings, whereas Tendulkar, who was the previous fastest, has taken 276 innings. So congrats to Kohli. It looks like this this giant of a batsman is still is still going on and he's showing no signs of slowing down and we hope long may this uh, hunger for runs continue as far as Kohli is concerned, right? Yeah. All right. Now, if you were to quickly take a look at the next match, the match was match number 23. This was played at Taunton between West Indies and Bangladesh. Bangladesh, having won the toss, surprised everyone and elected to field first, right? So in this game, <clears throat> this was also a very closely contested match. But in the end, uh, about f- uh, five-sixths of the game, uh, it was closely contested. The last one six Bangladesh pulled away and really, really comfortably won the match. So a lot of kudos to them. So if you were to look at the scoring uh, highlights, so uh, bowling first, Bangladesh first of all dismissed Chris Gale for a 13-ball duck. This is his longest duck in international cricket. He's never made a 13-ball duck. He was out for a duck, uh, dismissed by Mohammad Saifuddin. Surprisingly, in this game, Saifuddin and Murtaza took the new ball and Mustafizur Rahman was held back for the, let's say, first down or first change. And then this worked out beautifully for Bangladesh. We'll look at it later, right? So, Evan Lewis played a wonderful hand and him and Shai Hope took the score to 122. After the dismissal of Lewis, Hope was joined by Nicholas Puran, who even though made only 25 runs, hit a really, really big six, right? But they took the score to 159. And then Hetmeyer came into bat and Hetmeyer as if came in uh, with a, you know, an agenda. So he hit a really fast 50. He made 50 of just 25 balls before getting out of the very next ball. But this was the second fastest 50 for West Indies in the World Cup. All this while, Hope held one end up. Andrew Russell came and went without scoring any. Jason Holder came and again continued with the same for, uh, idea that Hetmeyer had and they kept scoring the runs quickly. It was very obvious that West Indies needed more than 321 that they made in the end. Darren Bravo tried to farm the strike and... West Indies were not as productive in the last seven hours as they would have wanted to. They only managed to score about 47 runs in the last seven hours, and Bangladesh would have taken that gladly, right? So they finished with 321 for eight. And when it comes to bowling, Mustafa Murtaza this time chose to bowl out himself in in the first spell itself. He bowled seven hours or eight hours of his spell directly there, and he finished with eight hours one for 37, no wickets. Mohammad Saifuddin, even though he was a bit costly towards the end, took three wickets for 72 in his 10. Mustafizur Rahman, who was held back, was very crucial in dismissing the middle order, right, along with Saifuddin. And he finished with 3 for 59 of 9 overs. Uh, Mehdi Hassan, who was expected to be more effective, did not take a wicket, but he was containing and uh, he gave away just 57 runs in his 9 overs. Mossadegh Hussain was very useful. As usual, he's usually bought on in after the 30th over and he did a good restrictive job to take uh, no wickets, but he just considered a runner ball in his six overs. And Shaki Balasan, as usual, was a bit costly than he would have wanted, but he still took two wickets for 54 in his eight overs. So at the halfway stage, one felt West Indies were on top. But Bangladeshi openers had a, a completely different idea. So Tamim Iqbal and Soumya Sarkar came out and blunted out two to three overs, got used to the condition, and then Sarkar started teeing off. So Sarkar made a very adventurous 29 of just 23 balls with two fours and two sixers, and he took on the Pacers of West Indies, especially uh, Holder and also O'Shane Thomas were singled out for some big hits. Once he got out, Tamim Iqbal was joined by Shakib Alasan, 
who played a wonderful knock. So Tamim Iqbal got to 48 before she was run out by Cottrell of a wonderful, wonderful, you know, uh, fielding of his own bowling and running the batsman at the striker and dismissal. So it was a, one of those rare run outs by Cottrell who showed wonderful agility. But once Tamim was dismissed for 48, Shakib and Mushfikur started together. Mushfikur could not last long and he was dismissed for one by Thomas. But Shakib held forth. So until Shakib was there, we all felt Bangladesh would not lose. But he was joined by Lutan Das, who started off cautiously, but he slowly picked up the confidence from the way Shakib was playing. And towards the end, they just cantered home. So to chase the highest total that they have ever chased in a World Cup match, 322, the, to chase the highest total they have ever chased in any one day, and to do it in 41 and a half hours against this West Indian lineup was a wonderful achievement. There was nothing home to write about the West Indian bowling. So Russell took one for 42 and Ocean Thomas took one for 52. But uh, Russell really looked to be struggling in the field. Uh, Giri, he was in a lot of pain, it looks like. He was not even able to chase the ball that uh, went past him a couple of times and had to just give away boundaries. So mm-hmm. this did not look good. I don't know why he was on the field. Maybe the captain wanted to bowl him, so he was not allowed to leave the field. But it, it looked really painful from a spectator's perspective. And I really hope, you know, this injury that he's carrying either heals or he's ruled out because this was not going to help anybody, right? So it was tough to see that. So overall, Shakib Alassan for his two wickets and wonderful 124 of just 99 balls, he was declared as the man of the match. Right, Kiri? So... Yeah. Any discussion points? Yeah, about Andre Russell. Uh, every single match he has played, I can, uh, from from my memory I, that I can think of, he has had some sort of, some sort of discomfort. Either he has not finished his bowling spell, or he has finished his bowling spell and he has walked off in discomfort. So, is he, you know, are they West Indies are they risking here uh, his career as well as their tournament chances? Because if they are playing with a man who is half fit, um, I mean. For, what 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 will they do in the long run? They're just trying to you know go uh, all guns blazing, or I mean I think they probably should do something else about uh, Andre Russell, maybe replace him with somebody else. And the other thing is I noticed in their uh, in their in the scorecard or in the team lineup actually, they have four uh, they have five specialist bowlers apart from uh, Chris Gale, Chris Gale the part-time off spinner. So if one of your bowlers are having a tough day, who are you going to uh, you know? Uh, take help from 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 another part timer, for example. Um, you know, so you had Sheldon Cottrell, you had O'Shane Thomas, you you had uh, Shannon Gabriel, um, and Jason Holder himself, who is an all-rounder, and then you have Andre Russell. So five quicks, right? And then one um, Chris Gale is is a part-time spinner. So you don't have any other option there in the squad. There is no variety. Uh, I know West Indies always want to have a fast bowling attack, but maybe, you know, I'm just thinking they should have done a little more differently, I mean, here in this case. Because Andre Russell is not fully fit. So if Mm -hmm. he's not able to finish his 10 overs, you need somebody else to, uh, you know, uh, fill the gap there. Agreed. Well, I mean, they could have actually gone in with Fabian Allen here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have actually probably rested Shannon Gabriel and brought in uh, Fabian Allen, the left-arm spinner, because he can also bat a bit. So their lower order looks really, really paper-thin once, let's say, somebody like uh, Russell is out, for example, mm-hmm. in a regular lineup, right? So, but in this case, probably Ocean Thomas could have been seated uh, because Shannon Gabriel had taken the two wickets to fall in the previous game. So mm-hmm. probably they wanted him, but in this game, he didn't do much of note. 
right in fact nobody did anything of note except sheldon cottrell who took a run out of his own bowling mm. so in the end i mean this was a completely facile bowling uh, performance by the west indies they did not look they did not look like they wanted to be there they did not mm. look to see if they can you know stretch the target by two more overs or one more over they just wanted to be out of there so it it really looked like their shoulders had dropped and mm. they wanted to go back to the hotel so that did not contribute good yeah and uh, do, do they also have kima roach in their uh, lineup yes so he hasn't played a game played. he hasn't played a play. has he played one he has already played in the world cup yes okay okay maybe they should bring him back uh, for the next match i guess so so i think gabriel or thomas one of these two may sit out and kimar roach may come in because he's more steady even though he's not as fast or as menacing mm. he's more steady and he gives mm. you the control holder mm. will play but if russell goes out this is the thing i think brathwaite will come out come in for now but if russell is probably ruled out of the tournament or something people are saying maybe somebody mm. like kyron powell may come back in right? pollard you mean ah you are absolutely right Pollard. Okay, I was just thinking maybe maybe they should have included uh, Pollard in the first place. I think we talked about this when we did a preview of their team selection. Uh, maybe they have missed a point there. I think Andre Russell was already struggling when he was playing the IPL. He had a wrist injury then, mm. and now he has some other issue with his leg or some foot issue. Right. So, right. Yeah. So they have a lot of wounded horses, Indeed. unfortunately. Well, some of them might even be tigers, but they are wounded nonetheless. So they the just tigers are roaring. Yeah. the tigers are actually roaring you're absolutely yeah. right you know bangladeshi tigers they're doing really well right so it 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 looked like a comprehensive victory as far as bangladesh was concerned yeah. you would not think this is a bangladesh team of the yester year they are playing really professionally well drilled yeah. i think these are all still they're reaping the benefits of chandika hathura singha's uh, reign mm-hmm. as the coach mm-hmm. and uh, also i think uh, steve rhodes uh, who was the coach who was his birthday actually it was his birthday today so they delivered a good gift for him right Yeah. So that's very nice to see. I think Shakib batting at number 3 has been a real uh, highlight here. I think he has been the main reason Bangladesh have been doing so well. He gets more time to bat out there. He's not under pressure to just finish games for uh, the team because he was right. batting way down. I think they are making use of his uh, skills in the best possible way. I think if this continues and if Shakib continues his good run with the bat, they are in with a chance. I think they have an outside ch- outside chance. Uh, of making the you know uh, the playoffs or the uh, knockout stage look one way or the other surprise you yeah. hmm? go ahead yeah, yeah yeah you're right no one way or the other whether they make the knockouts or not they will walk out of the tournament with their heads held high this is fantastic for bangladesh yeah. and we really hope they make the knockouts as well right but i think shakib is right now a shoe in for the man of the tournament as things stand right yeah second consecutive 100 he's taken at least one or two wickets every match right so it's fantastic to see so uh, going further uh, if you were to take a quick look at tomorrow's match tomorrow's match would be the match uh, held in manchester between afghanistan and england so england are a bit wounded so we hear that uh, you know uh, roy who uh, walked out of the field with a hamstring uh, tear indeed he suffered a hamstring tear and he might miss two to three games right and then uh, Oin Morgan who was uh, actually struggling with a sore back looks like he is recovered in time so he will play tomorrow right but uh, this english team may may think of this game as a slippery banana peel you know they may not want to be uh, over confident or something because this afghanistan team can surprise others so they are themselves in a bit of trouble they are uh, you know uh, not uh, very confident on the field so giri uh, what do you think well i think uh... Afghanistan they've 
they've lost their uh, talisman at the top of the order. Mohammad Shahzad, I think he was the agenda setter for them. And without mm. him, they look toothless at the top. I know Hazratullah Zazai has been batting well, but he doesn't have the experience to bat with him. He's still a youngster. He's just started his career. Um, so, I mean, I, I hope they make a comeback. And I hope Rashid Khan is doing okay because he was mm-hmm. hit right in the previous match or one of the other matches. Right. Uh, and we are still waiting for him to fire in this uh, tournament. Rashid Khan to uh, take a match-winning spell, mm-hmm. uh, salvage something for the team. I think they uh, they desperately need a win here. Especially to boost their morale. I'm I'm not talking about them making it to the semi-finals or something. I think they need a win soon. Agreed. Yeah, they do one. No, I mean, no, it's more like first they'll want to compete well and then hope the win comes through because I really don't see them upsetting England. But they may they may compete well. They may play really strongly and make it tough for uh, England. That in itself would be a victory for them because at this stage, I don't see them beating England. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I think beating England is, uh, there's no fat chance in hell. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at least they need to perform well in this match, like you said, and the next match we, they play against, I don't know which one they play against. Hmm. Uh, they should be in with a chance then. They haven't played Sri Lanka, have they? Oh, that was the one they lost. Actually. They lost, okay. Oh. Yes, yes. So that would have okay. been a good match, but yes, yeah. they have lost that one. Yeah, they, that was their chance, I think. All right. Because they, they play against India after this, right? So after tomorrow's yeah, match, they yeah, play yeah, against yeah. India. So exactly. <laughs> unfortunately, exactly. there is no respite for them. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. But yeah, India get a bit of a respite. So after having played on Sunday, the next game is on Saturday. So they have a chance to recover both physically and mentally. That's good. But Afghanistan, you're right, is probably not going to have an easy journey up ahead either. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. I hope they pull their act together and, you know, put, give a creditable performance. Yeah. All right. So uh, going through the other World Cup-related news, Brathwaite, who was, uh, sh- you know, reprimanded, because he showed a bit of dissent regarding the uh, dismissal, the way he was out against England, mm-hmm. has been given one demerit point for that, right? And we've already discussed Bhuneshwar Kumar is out for two to three games because of a, a hamstring uh, injury. So we really hope he recovers soonish, right? So let's hope, uh, you know, he's able to um, come back quickly because I think he, he's, he's crucial for uh, India in, in no day starts, you know, early day starts. Yep. But yep. now I think Shami slots back in. So this was probably going to be anyway India's plan and it's sort of coming uh, in the right time because Shami will also be blooded back into the squad and he'll be given a couple of games so that he can be ready for the knockouts. Yep. Right? Yep. All right. Now, if we were to go on to the trivia question, the trivia question from the previous episode was, who's the only player to have played in a cricket and football World Cup? So as usual, Yogesh, our uh, supporter and listener, has given the right answer. The answer is Elise Perry. From Australia. So she played in the 2009 uh, World Cup, the Women's World Cup, where she even scored a goal in the quarterfinal, right? And then she played in the 2011 Women's Cricket World Cup. So, and she's won the Cricket World Cup in 2011, right? So she's one of those rare players. Uh, also, I think one of the commonly mistaken answers to this question is actually Sir uh, Isaac Vivian Alexander Richards, Viv Richards, mm-hmm. who's actually played in a qualifier for Antigua. Uh, football match in a World Cup qualifier, but he's never played in the World Cup final event, whereas Ellis Perry has played in both the final events of football and cricket World Cups, right? And this was clearly pointed out by uh, our friend Yogesh, so thanks to him, and I hope he continues to listen and write in with the answers. The trivia question for this week, or this episode, is which player holds the record for the fastest 50 
for West Indies in World Cup matches. So we, we just discussed that, you know, Shimron had married the second fastest 50. So who scored the fastest 50 for West Indies in a World Cup match? If you want to get in touch with us to give us the answer to this question or to share your thoughts and comments, uh, you can do that through social media platforms like Twitter, where we are available at ArmCheckRickPod or using our Facebook page. Or you could post a comment on any of your podcasting apps that you use, right? Like Apple Podcasts or Podbean or any of those. Also, you could write into us at armchair.cricket at gmail.com. So uh, I hope, you know, you do keep listening to us and you also discuss this podcast with your cricketing friends so that we get more, you know, encouragement and some nice inputs. We will be continuing to do the same format and we'll have plenty to talk about in the upcoming digests as well. So I hope you do stay tuned in and keep listening. Having said all that, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.